Conversations with professionals for professionals in the laundry and linen services industry. This is the American Laundry News Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Poe, editor of American Laundry News, and during this podcast, we'll be talking about laundry construction, from the design process to current construction trends. Joining me on the phone from Charlottesville, Virginia, is Ed Kwasnick. Ed is Director of Business Development for Arco Murray, a design-build construction firm that has completed more than 4,000 projects across North America. Ed has 26 years of hands-on experience designing, constructing, and operating laundry facilities, so he's just the person to tell us about laundry operation construction. Ed, thanks for being on the podcast. Matt, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. So first off, what's trending in laundry construction? Is it up or down? What factors are influencing whether or not an operation builds? Um, Arco does a lot more than just laundry, and all of our sectors are are up quite a bit. Um, but what we're seeing specific to the laundry industry is the same trend. A lot of folks are renovating their existing laundries, upgrading, uh, doing building additions, you know, so they're expanding their operations. And we also are seeing a lot of, of new laundry construction in the industry. And, and really what's influencing that is, you know, it wasn't that long ago, 2009, 2010 was, you know, eight to 10, I guess was the downturn. Right, right. Um, and a lot of folks ended up kind of pulling back the reins and saying, Hey, let's hold off. Let's see what's going to happen in the industry before we start investing again. Well, the economy's turned. Um, we're seeing, you know, hospitality is up. F&B is up. Industrial is up. All of the major sectors and healthcare continues to be strong regardless. And so what we're seeing now is folks that have held off on investing in, you know, expanding, investing in new facilities can no longer hold off anymore. And so across the board, we're seeing new builds. And really, if you look at our our trends and you look at, you know, the, our sales funnel, we're, we're at all time high from a standpoint of new business coming in, signing up new business and, and new builds that are happening in the industry across the board. How has a laundry plant design changed? How is it different and how is construction different than 10 to 20 years ago? So it's, it's interesting. If you look at an older laundry facility that's been added on over the years, I think you, you can see, physically see the trend. And one of those trends is we're going up now instead of out. So if you've ever been in an older laundry facility, you'll notice that maybe it was built in the 60s or 70s and the ceiling height was 16 feet. And then they added another addition on in the 90s and the ceiling height was 21 or 24 feet. And then they added on again and it's taller. And every time they added on to the facility, you know, the, the laundry itself uh, has gotten taller and taller. And, and the trend that we're seeing in the construction industry and, and specifically in laundry construction is that when I started in industry 26 years ago, 21 to 24 foot clear height inside of a building was standard. Mm -hmm. uh, then it went to 28. Now we're seeing buildings that are 32 foot clear. And, and the question would be why? You know, why are we seeing that? Well, we're doing a better job in the laundry industry of using the cube, of using the vertical height. We have uh, more material handling systems and rail systems and sorting systems and other systems that are going up instead of out. So now instead of building 100,000 square feet, we can get the same volume out of, let's say, 60,000 square feet. But instead of it being 16 foot clear, it's now 32 foot clear where you have double stacked monorail systems. And you're using, you know, potentially two or even three levels inside that facility 
for the production process. Um, and, and again, what that does is it reduces the square footage. So the actual building isn't as big from a square footage standpoint, but from a volume standpoint, you know, you have very similar volume inside that facility. Well, you've already started answering my next question, which is how technology and laundry and construction have influenced plant design. Are there any other factors that influence it? There are, you know, and and really it's driven by the equipment vendors. You know, the the equipment is the main focus of any laundry, and we know that. We understand that. You know, we're we're the design-build construction folks behind the scenes that are trying to integrate that equipment in and and really build up an envelope, a footprint that makes sense around the laundry process. But if you look at the trends in the equipment side, you'll see that the equipment footprint is getting smaller, dryer footprint, tunnel washer footprints, uh, washer extractors, ironers. They're getting the footprint itself. They're getting more productivity out of a smaller footprint. But again, the systems are starting to stack on top of each other where there are mezzanine levels and you have dryers up on those mezzanine levels and you know storage up on mezzanine levels and you have rail systems that are double stacked so because of that it's really driving the trend on the building side where our buildings need to go up and not out the other trend that's driving that too is finding sites finding a site in a major metropolitan area um you know in the new york metro area or in atlanta or orlando florida and tampa so you're saying finding sites has changed how so you just you're not going to go out and say, hey, let me just, I want to find a greenfield site that is 13 acres and I'm going to build 150,000 square feet. Those types of sites are becoming more and more difficult to find. And so uh, what you can find maybe is a smaller site, a six acre site or a five acre site or a seven acre site. And thus, you know, you've got a limited amount of, of green space you can use there. And therefore, in order to get the kind of productivity and the kind of volume you need out of the facility, the facility has to shrink in footprint and it has to go up. And that's that's the major trend we're seeing. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about design, a little bit about construction. Let's take it a little different tack here. How has the time frame of a new build or renovation changed in recent years? Time frame is really being driven by the end user, right? By the operator. It wasn't that long ago, 20, 30 years ago, that it was a build it and they will come mentality. I think overall, what we've seen is that mentality has changed. You know, it's a highly competitive environment. Yes, it's a very good economy right now, but still a highly competitive environment. And you can't just build it and hope you can go get the business. So what folks are doing is they're getting the business. And then they're building the facility to match that new need. So you can imagine uh, what that does that shrinks down the timeline quite a bit. Hey, we're going to sign up this new account, uh, let's say, in the healthcare industry, a new healthcare system. And we have to be operational on this date. We've made a promise to our uh, new client that we're going to be operational. We're going to be processing their goods on this date. And thus, suddenly, you have to shrink down that timeline. When I initially got in the business 26 years ago, it was not uncommon for a new laundry project to take 18 months. And that included design, permitting, construction of the building. And often what was the construction was performed and then the equipment was installed. And, you know, 18 to 24 months was considered pretty normal back then. And now what we find is that we're having to con- condense that schedule quite a bit. So 10 to 12 months for a new build, that includes design, permitting, and construction. Uh, and at times we've even condensed it to a shorter time period than that because our client says, hey, I've got to be in this building and operating by June 1st. What can we do to get there? So a new build, we've even condensed down as, as short as eight months. 
taking an existing facility, an existing building, an existing warehouse and converting it into a laundry, you can even do it faster. And that is typically a four to five month schedule. We've done it as quick as 90 days. That must um, cause yeah. some stress there, doing it that quickly. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, and there's a premium for that. I mean, there was a premium cost because you're working overtime and, you know, you're, you're working weekends, et cetera. But, you know, if, if when there's millions of dollars on the line when it comes to contracts, uh, sometimes it's, it's worth, it, worth the investment. Well, speaking of costs, I mean, how have the costs of new builds or renovations changed? What's changed the most in pricing and financing this construction? Construction costs have gone up. It wasn't that long ago, I'd say 10 years ago, that a new construction build. So, hey, I own a piece of property. I want to build a 60,000 square foot laundry. How much is that going to cost? That was per square foot, let's say, rough order of magnitude, $100 a square foot, maybe $120 a square foot if it was, you know, a healthcare facility. And what we've seen over the last 10 years is a continuous increase in pricing. Um, some of it's driven by steel costs and tariffs. Some of it's driven by construction product costs going up. Um, much of it is driven by the labor market. So the cost of plumbers, the cost of electricians, et cetera, as those folks get busier and busier, and there's less and less of that talent, subcontractors are having to pay more to either go get the talent or keep the talent. And thus, they're passing that on to the general contractor, who's us. And then we're passing that through, of course, to the end user. So what we're seeing now is, you know, costs are more in the 140 to 100 and $70 a square foot range for something that costs closer to 100 to 120 10 years ago. What are some design elements that operations are asking for today that they hadn't asked for in the past? What, what we're seeing across the board, and this is in healthcare, this is in hospitality, food and beverage, industrial, the industry is professionalizing. Um, when I first got in the industry 26 years ago, it was not uncommon to walk into a wash floor and there <laughs> that was covered in water. People were wearing boots that, uh, you know, it was the lighting was a little suspect. It might have been a little dark in there. You know, that was uh, acceptable to a certain extent, and it's no longer acceptable. We've raised our game as an industry. We're using less utilities. We're providing a safer work environment, and we're providing a more professional work environment, and not just professional for our management team or for sales and service, but for our production team as well. And so, you know, what we're seeing in the design of a laundry, there's really two sides to that. There's the production workflow side, but there's also the, the envelope, you know. And so what we're seeing within these new facilities are larger break rooms with better amenities. In healthcare environments, we're seeing partition walls that are dividing clean and soil, but we're also seeing decontamination rooms where people can walk from the soil side and degarb from their PPE and then walk onto the clean side. With restrooms in that area, we're seeing brighter, lighter facilities to provide a better working environment and a cleaner working environment. A lot of uh, delinting type fans or, or other types of, of equipment to keep the lint to a minimum. So a lot of the trends that we're seeing in design have to do with making that environment a better work environment for the employees, a safer work environment, and even a, just a better show place when you're bringing customers through. You know, it used to be, uh, I don't really want to take my customer into my laundry because it's not exactly the prettiest place to work. And now you're having to compete with other companies that are hiring those production employees. You want that work environment to be something people can be proud of. You know, the other thing we're seeing also to provide a better work environment, especially in southern climates, is spot cooling. Laundries tend to be warm, and that's probably an understatement, right. they tend to be hot. And so providing a cooler work environment where folks can be comfortable Um, We're seeing more and more of those trends from a design perspective. 
Last question here. The industry, it's not only industrial plants. We've got the on-premises laundries. Um, what's trending in terms of OPL builds and renovations? Yeah, so that, that's an interesting question. Um, and so what we're, we're seeing right now is, you know, it, when we talk about OPLs, we're talking about OPLs at hospitals. We're talking about OPLs at hotels. And, and the, the major trend for years was put the laundry in the basement. And then, um, you know, at that point, uh, what we've seen is that was fine for many, many years. The laundry in the basement, an on-premise laundry, there are major benefits of having that on-premise laundry for the hotel or, or for the hospital, mostly because it's a captured entity and it is there to serve the needs you know, of the hotel or hotel chain or of the of the healthcare system. Uh, one of the negatives of that is it's confined. It's confined within the basement of of the laundry, literally when it's captured and it's in house. And so, what the trend we've seen lately is, hey, we've reached maximum capacity of what we can do. We're a healthcare system, and we're continuing to grow, and we're continuing to gobble up other healthcare systems, and we need to meet our laundry needs. But all we can get out of that laundry, it's a one tunnel laundry with two ironers and a couple folders, and we've maxed it out. We're going 24-7, 365 or 364, and now we can no longer meet the needs of, of, of our system. So well, one of the trends that we're seeing is pulling it out. We still want that captured ent- entity, but we don't want it in the basement anymore because A, uh, it's confined and and cannot grow any further. B, we really need that space for something of a higher value. It's on premise and therefore we can do something with that space regarding you know the rest of our healthcare system. So let's pull that that OPL out and let's put it in a, in a in a different location. Maybe that location is on campus. And so maybe it's a new build on campus or perhaps it's maybe part of a of a new construction project. We're looking at a project right now where they're looking where they're looking to do a a parking garage a uh, central sterilization facility and laundry all in one. Oh, uh, so, combining those three things together? Yeah, it the central sterilization makes sense. You know, having that right next door to the laundry and then the parking garage. Um, you know, it, it, they're kind of combining them all because that's the space they have on campus and they need the parking and they need the sterilization. And and honestly, they, they need to go ahead and, and expand their laundry. You know, they could double the size of it tomorrow and still not have enough capacity. So what we're seeing with OPLs is let's pull it out of the basement, out of the dark, dank basement. Let's use that basement for something of a higher value and let's move it either off campus or keep it on campus. And let's continue for folks that are committed to continuing to have that captured service in house and see the value in being able to control their own quality, their own delivery, et cetera. They want to have that capability. Uh, and keep it close, but yet pull it out of the main hospital and kind of position it, you know, either right down the street or right right across, you know, right across from the dock area so that uh, they can continue to do it themselves. All right. Well, Ed, thanks so much for sharing with us. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity, and I hopefully get to do another one of these with you in the future. And thank you for listening to this episode. This is Matt Poe reminding everybody to keep it clean. The American Laundry News Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazines, LLC in Chicago. The music, titled Holding On, was composed by Poddington Bear and is supplied through the Free Music Archive. For more information about future podcasts, visit our website at AmericanLaundryNews.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. This has been the American Laundry News Podcast.